Well, we're going to dive into the word this morning and I'll go ahead and tell you up front, this is going to be a little bit different message. I was inspired by the video to break dance and I, no, no. I've got moves you know not of, okay? All right, we'll leave it at that. Uh, no, normally I teach in, in a series and um, today I just want to take one uh, sermon, just one week and share with you about vision for this upcoming year. And it's important that we do that. I found out during first service, I probably would have done better to do this over two weeks. Um, there's so much to talk about, but here's the deal. This is actually the releasing of it, and then we'll continue to talk about it. Um, but vision is a very important thing. First of all, let me say that 2012 was really a pretty incredible year. A lot of incredible things happened, a lot of challenges for a lot of people. But the thing is, we, we've made it through. You've made it through. I'm aware of some situations, some families are going through right now, um, some tough situations, but yet you look them in the eye and because they're believers, you know, they got that on the inside. Like we sang earlier, I don't see the end of the storm, but I know that you're going to get me through this thing, faithful God. And, um, so it's really been an incredible year. A lot has been accomplished. We've got a uh, tremendous momentum off of many things that we've done. So I'm, I'm really, all things considered, very grateful about 2012. But here's the thing. We're not done with 2012 yet. And the Mayan calendar says that we're not going to finish. So we've got till the 21st of this month. And then kaput. So, no. Uh, actually, the Mayan calendar, just it just... It stopped. It wasn't a prediction. But further, the Mayan calendar, everybody, you know, there was a movie made. And then there's people in in serious hysteria about this that were just a little bit away. Um, The Mayan calendar made no provision for leap year and leap days. So consequently, with that taken in, in mind, the world should have ended nine months ago. So this morning, I just want to congratulate you on surviving. Okay, so congratulations, everybody. Hey, this whole thing will wrap up when and how he said it would wrap up. Okay, and so, uh, amen. Well, when we come to the end of a year and we start to look ahead into another one, it's important, I think, to remember some things to reflect on some things. I had in my heart really to tell some of you this morning, some of you, it's time for your reset. You had a setback, something, a snag, whatever, and you, and you've just kind of stalled since then. And I really believe the spirit of the Lord is saying to you, it's time to reset. It's time to get your boots back on, get back going and let's go, let's go. And, um, because his promises are still true. It's also a time to give glory and to give thanks. It's time to learn lessons It's time to look out ahead. It's time to lean forward, to lean forward into what God would have for us. And that's called vision. And I think we need to clarify vision individually. And we need to clarify vision as a church. And that's the context that I want to talk to you today about is the local church. There's some phrases that I have heard and I've adopted these. So I no longer give credit to anybody on these. But I believe that the local church is the hope of the world. I also believe that the local church is God's plan a in the earth today. 
It's the body of Christ organized and loosed in the world, establishing the kingdom of God. And I believe out of all the other things, all the government programs and all the good organizations and all the smart people and all the philanthropists and all of those things, I'm telling you what, the hope of the world is the church of Jesus Christ. And, and it has to happen across the world. And there are things going on in other nations that will blow your mind. The expansion of the kingdom of God, the people getting saved, the church is being built, incredible things going on. And sometimes we in our smug American way, we think that we had it all and we still have it all. And you know what? We, we better, we better stretch out and get rolling here and get, get, get going because there's a great work that needs to be done. And I believe that the spirit of God is stirring and imparting vision for what he wants to do. And it happens that the church universal just all over the world but also locally. And so I'm going to speak about us, about right here. And we're not the only church in town, and I'm glad. Other pastors that I'm friends with, we have a little catchphrase. Same team, same team. And uh, we got, we're, we're not the only church in town. We're not the only church on this street. We're not the only church in this block. We've got a church right across the street from us, and they're friends, and we love them. They're same team. We're here for them. They're here for us. They came and were part of our block party. That's what... It's what neighbors do. And I love it. I hate competition that would be in the body of Christ. And so get that out of there. We're, we're, we're on the same team. And if you're still mad at your old church, you need to get over that anyway. Okay. So, and, um, let's get on with it. Um, but individually, and then as a church, but the church hope of the world, God's plan a, and, and I don't just mean church, church, I mean, church done right. And that is our goal. That is our endeavor to always do church right. It has to be done right. Uh, Pastor Rick Warren said this. It's a sin to bore people with the Bible. I think it is. I mean, everything about this needs to be done right because of who we're doing it for and who we're doing it for. And it needs to be done with excellence and, and done in a right way. Church done right is the hope of the world. 2013 could be and should be some of the greatest days for Jesus church. And I say Jesus church because in Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It's his church. On, on occasion, I'll have people say, so how's your church doing? I go, well, I don't, I don't really have one. I kind of work there. I work for this guy, God, you know, and it's his church. And make no mistake, you know, I, I just recently had somebody say, man, that's just awesome what you're doing at your church and you and rah, rah, rah. And, I, and I go, no, 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 I'm not confused about whose church this is. And it's his church. And he said he would build his church. And, and I'm, I'm in his presence every day saying, you said your church, your people, you do this. And, and um, we're trusting him to build his church. But I'm believing some of the greatest days are ahead. And some of those great days could happen in this coming year. Are you with me? In uh, Isaiah chapter 60, the first three verses, and I believe this is prophetic of Christ and his church. It says, arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. I mean, that's true. Darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But, everybody say but. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles or those uh, apart from God shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. And what it's saying is the darker it gets on earth, the brighter God's glory and light will be seen upon his people. 
And I don't just mean that it's just the contrast between darkness and light. And darkness never overcomes light. It's not just the contrast of that. But it actually speaks to the fact that God is, is going to be brightening. Brightening his glory, his power, his presence upon his people. And upon you individually. And upon us corporately as a church. Then in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 and 25. It says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. That's the context of church. As is the manner, the habit, the pattern of some. But exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. And if you can't see it, let me just go ahead and tell you. The day is approaching. The day is approaching. The day of the Lord is, is, is coming and near. And there's so many things. And prophecy being fulfilled. And things coming unglued. And all kinds of things going on. But don't let your heart be troubled in all of that. But what we do is we press close as we see those things coming. And it says, don't let your life take on the pattern, the model, the habit of other people where they forsake the assembling of ourselves together. So much the more. That means all the more reason to and all all the more fervor and passion and frequency that we assemble ourselves together as we see the day approaching. And I'm believing for that for this year. So today I want to share vision about where we're going. And I'm going to try to stay close to my notes so that, you know, I don't drag you into two o'clock today, which I would never do. Vision is not just a goal. Vision is what we can see. So like for your children or your business or a relationship, if you have vision for it, it's like you can see. You can see something that you want to happen. You can see something that needs to happen. It's what could be. It's, it's what should be. It's been said. And what we can see, then we can see this needs to happen, or this is what God would have us to do. When you can see, then that moves you to action. And you not only see what needs to be done, but you see what you should be doing. And that's when vision really starts to get wheels and starts to get, uh, get some traction. And so, Uh, We want to see this not just for our lives. We have to see it for our lives individually, but we have to see it for this this church body. And then we have to see how that affects our community and beyond. Let me go ahead and tell you up front that this is not just something that, you know, hey, this week I thought, hey, I need to talk about vision came up with some things. This actually, truthfully, culmination of over two years of prayer, of study, of schooling, of observation, of consultation, of planning, of working, talking. And did I mention praying? And over two years of that to continue to see what God wants us to do. Clear vision is what we're after. Because if you have clear vision, are y'all here? If you have clear vision, then you can have focused faith. And focused faith is what we need because focused faith is strong faith. And strong faith is strong because it's persuaded. Everybody say persuaded. It's persuaded of this. It's persuaded that God is leading us. Get this church. God is leading us and he will help us. So once vision is made clear, and that's what we're working on today. Once vision is made clear, you're able to focus your faith on that. And a focused faith is a strong faith. And it's strong because it's persuaded. And I want, I want you to know this. I'm persuaded I'm persuaded that God is leading us and I'm persuading that God will help us. And so there's some great things ahead. Churches should grow. 
Churches are supposed to grow. Um, If they don't, and I'm not going to be the judge of anybody, if they don't, then you have to look at it. You have to look and see what, what might be preventing that. Churches should grow. Scripture tells us that. Scripture tells us stories of that. Uh, we watch it happen. It's all about influence. It's all about impact. It's all about the expansion of God's kingdom. And I believe that churches should grow. So let me go ahead and put this up here real quick. Growth. Everybody say growth. Well, growth is a byproduct, though. Growth is a byproduct of health. Everyone say health. Healthy things grow. And in church world, um, sometimes the emphasis is just put on growth. And you can get a crowd, you know. We're going to cut a lady in two this morning. Pastor's going to ride an elephant, you know. You, you can do things and, and get a crowd. You can, you can uh, there's a lot of ways that you can draw people and have something called growth. But growth, real growth, is a byproduct of health. So the goal then, and, and I started to say in church world, there's whole conferences just on growth. I actually think the move should be more health. Because then again, health grows. So the goal is not growth. That's a byproduct. The goal then is, is health. And so one of the keys to all of this, to health, and this is huge, is balance. Everybody say balance. You've got to have balance. Just think in your own, in your own physical body. If your body's going to be healthy, there has to be balance. The right balance of pressures and fluids and nutrients and enzymes and all kinds of things. There has to be the right kind of balance if there's going to be health. I've got a physical later this week. They'll probably draw blood and do all these kind of things. And really what they're looking for is, you know, balance and all these things. Wow, you've got a whole lot of this in your blood. That's why you're weird. You know, they'll, they'll, <laughs> they'll find, the, find those things. So balance is key to health. And then growth is a byproduct of the health. Are you with me so far? Now balance, when it comes to a church, just like in your body, we have to have balance in all things. We have to be balanced in our doctrine. We have to be balanced in what we emphasize. Uh, emphasize. We have to be balanced in our purposes and what we focus on and what we do and what we're about. We've got to look at that because this, this is a strong statement. I want you to get this. All extremes lead to error. All extremes lead to error. And you can take a truth and you can pump that so much that you drive it into extreme and you're going to end up in error. And that's why it's constantly a balancing act. And sometimes God will emphasize something. It's like, hey, really move on this. But if you zero in just on one thing and you stay on that one thing, that's like eating chocolate every meal. And so it's going to throw something out of balance. You've got to make sure that we have balance in all of those things because All extremes lead to error. And so ministry then, all of this is to be happening in ministry, but ministry really is about God's purposes. Everybody say God's purposes. And it's by looking at God's purposes that we actually find out what our responsibilities are. And I'm going to that in just a minute. But there cannot be, if there's balance, there can't be uh, competition among purposes. So like even within a church, 
We can't be, well, we're all about the children's ministry. No, we're all about the worship ministry. No, we're all about missions or whatever it would be. If there's competition among purposes, then that's not balance. So there has to be a balance and an integration. And we, we don't have that competition going on. And so I think we're, we're very, very healthy in, in that regard. But you have to have balance in even the purposes. It, it would be like a, a, a bodybuilder. And if a bodybuilder, if the only purpose he had or the only one he focused on was just upper body. And the guy would just be a, a, a brute, you know, and he's just all. And I've been at gyms before, you know, and you see some guy over in the corner and he's he's over there curling a car. You know, and then people come over and he gives some rides on his arm, you know. And then he comes out from around the rack. He's got pencil legs. That's not right. That, that doesn't work. So what you have to do is you have to balance all, all of the purposes. And in your purposes, then you find your responsibilities. Now, we put out a book a couple of years ago. It's free to everybody. We have them out there. If you don't have one or you lost yours, get one. It's the Meadowbrook Mandate. And uh, if you don't want to read one, go to our website. I'll read it for you. Actually, there is a place where I'll read it for you on there. And get this because this is kind of the heart behind our purposes. And this just outlines the heart behind the Lord, the church, the world, the poor. The Lord, the church, the world, the poor. And then we find balance in all of that as God would help us to emphasize those things in the right way. So if those are the purposes then our responsibilities are found. And we find that we have responsibility toward God. And we have responsibility toward the saved. And we have responsibility toward the lost. And we have responsibility toward the needy. And so all of that goes together. Now, coming out of that, then, we find our approach. And I'm still laying some groundwork here, so so bear with me just for a moment. We have to find what is our approach as a ministry toward fulfilling our purposes, toward taking care of our responsibilities, toward God, toward the the saved, toward the lost, toward the needy. How do we approach that? There's a lot of different approaches among churches. There are some churches that are missional. And I think missional is good. Missional is, you know, when you would leave a service, when you would leave any uh, function of the church, you realize I'm on mission. There are things I need to go do. I need to carry this out of here. Uh, I'm not just a hearer, I'm a doer. I've been equipped for the work of the ministry. And we go out and we're salt and we're light and we take culture, uh, excuse me, we take Christ into culture. So I think missional is good. There's other churches that are attractional. I think attractional is good. You know, church needs to be the kind of place that when you come, you have some idea what's going on. It makes some sense to you. You get something out of it. It's enjoyable. The place is friendly. The place is neat. It's, it's, it's inviting. You had a good time. You leave feeling helped. Uh, it, it, the kind of place that you don't have any problem inviting somebody to. You don't have to say now, you know, don't lean against the walls. They're greasy. You know, it, it, it needs to be attractional. And I'm all for attractional. Another approach is doctrinal and doctrine, you know, doctrine is very important. I'm, I'm all about this too. The first two words, of, first two letters of doctrine is D O. What does that spell? Do doctrine, what you believe you're going to end up doing. 
So I think that's pretty important. Uh, the, the grave and repeated warnings that Paul gave throughout the whole, Testament, uh, whole New Testament had to do with concerns about doctrine. So I think we've got to be very squared up in our doctrine. I think that's a good thing. So I think we can be missional about it's not just about coming here. It's about what happens when we leave here. And I think we should be attractional that we're culturally relevant. And I think we can be theologically sound and should be. But I think all those things included, and we should be all of those things. Not either or, but both and or all and. Some people have such a mindset. I'm either this or I'm either that. You know, you do well to maybe just get some balance instead of just being this or that. And so in doing this, I think, yeah, missional, yeah, attractional, yeah, doctrinal. But most of all, and get this, most of all as a church, we should be vertical. I think our emphasis, because Jesus is head over all things to the church and the Father is to receive glory in the church by Christ Jesus. I think that our express purpose when we come here is we want to, we want to give glory and honor to him. We want to do everything we would do in mindful of him and be more horizontal than, excuse me, vertical than horizontal. And missional can be horizontal and attractional and doctrinal and it's all out here. But, you know, this is the way it really, really works. The Lord is my shepherd. Do you follow that? The Lord is my shepherd. And we need to be focused in on him. When we come together and we, and we worship, it needs to be to him. Some people, they tell on themselves, they go, well, I, don't, I, don't, I never get much out of worship. And I just want to tell them, it's not for you. Did y'all hear that? It's not for you. Well, I had a really rough week. Yeah, it'd probably be really good for you to like plug back into to your source. Are you following me? And I think it all needs to be about the glory of God. Yes, missional. Yes, attractional. Yes, doctrinal. But mostly vertical. And when we're, when we're insistent upon giving him glory and honoring Jesus, it should never, you know, I've, I've been in some places before. I was in a conference, um, a year ago, this past September, and they sang and sang and sang and, and, and I'm waiting for them to sing something about Jesus. They sang a journey song. Don't stop believing, but they also talked about the smell of wine and cheap perfume. And I'm wondering, did the GPS lead us to the wrong place here? Well, the mindset is, yeah, but that's what people are listening to out there. So we want to be comfortable when we come in here. Hey, it's not working for them out there. It's not going to work for them in here either. They need an encounter with an almighty God. They need the presence of an almighty God to be welcomed into a room. They need to know that the happy people, not perfect, but happy people in the room are happy because they've connected with an almighty God. Not that any of us are religious and perfect and got it all together, but we found a connection with an almighty God. And he's the one who got us through the day and got us through the night and got us through the week and was gracious enough to get us this far in life that we could even show back up again. And it should be about Jesus and Jesus and Jesus and Jesus and Jesus and Jesus. And no mistake. And I believe this. I, I sent a quote to Pastor John just recently that when we unashamedly, Adore the son of God. 
The Father God will send the Spirit of God with His presence and power into that setting. And I'm telling you what, we need to be vertical as a church. And then every time we come together, it will be life-giving and it will be life-changing. Are you all here this morning? All right. Now, I've got to hurry and I'm going to do the short version of this. And we may come back and talk about it next week. Who knows? We have a brochure for you that we're going to give to you on the way out. They're $21 each, two for $40. They're free. I do that to get your attention, okay? Um, We didn't pass them out on the way in because I know what you'd do with them. You'd be reading them instead of listening to me. Or you'd be making origami or paper ornaments or something, okay? So... This brochure will outline some of the things I'm going to tell you. So I'm going to, kind of, I'm going to kind of hit this quick. We'll come back and talk about it a little bit more. Our mission. What is our mission? We actually tell it to you all the time. But I want to make sure that you clearly know it. We've got a slide we're going to put up here. Our mission is this. Finding peace on earth. Finding peace on earth. Everybody say finding peace on earth. And this is how you do it. Transforming lives. Transforming lives through the gospel of Christ. Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation for all who believe. And peace doesn't grow here naturally on the earth. People are looking for peace. There are people that are in bad shape this morning because last night they looked so hard to find peace. Did y'all hear me? There are people making bad mistakes because they're just so hungry and so needful for peace. And it cannot be found here. It's a supplement from heaven. And we want to help people find peace by finding the Prince of Peace. We want, to find, we want to help people who've found the Prince of Peace to stay plugged in and know that whatever you're going through, there's still peace that can be had. And for lives to be transformed, to be changed by the gospel of Christ. Well, in that, then we discover our purposes. And we talked about the Lord, the church, the world, and the poor. And how we boil all that down, though, is this. Worship. Everybody say Worship. Grow, say grow, and serve. Everybody say serve. This is the template. This is the filter for all that we do. Anything that we would do as a church has to fit that. This, this fall, we had the, uh, the six-week uh, uh, emphasis with the men. Had over 800 men. Get in a group, get in a book, get on a project. We had six weeks. We started with a rally. We ended with a rally. We had six, meet, six weeks of small groups. It's incredible. It's still reverberating. It's still moving. There's incredible momentum that has happened out of that. And so why would you do something like that right here? Because it's going to help men to grow. And the better the man, the better anything else is. And then they got on projects and that serves. And men surrendered their life and answered the call. And that worships God. That fits. That fits. This past weekend, we did the block party. Why would you do a block party? Why would you give things away? Because we, we wanted to serve. And in doing so, I watched that our, our, our workers, our volunteers, over 900 volunteers, they grew because they found that the joy is in serving. It's incredible, the energy that's come, coming off of that. And all of it was done so that we could glorify God. It fits. And so if it doesn't fit this, we're not going to do it. We get opportunities and invitations all the time. Would y'all do this? Would you host this? Can we do this? Can we do our dog and pony show at your place? It's, it's all these things that are, are coming. And if it doesn't fit this, I'm not interested. I'm just not interested because we, we've got to be about this. So how does this work for, for us? And again, this is the template. This is the filter. If it doesn't fit through there, then it's not going to happen. So I want to share with you on, under each of these things. I'm going to do this real quick here this morning. How this works for us. First of all, worship. Everybody say worship. Here's what we're going to do for worship. Worship has to do with our services. 
So this is what we're going to do this year. We're going to have 52 big events on, on weekends. And then midweek, we're going to have 52 more. We're not going to get so spread out with, we've got to have this and do that and do that. You know, 52 big events. And you know this. This is what our services are about. It's not, we're not going to have, you know, the trapeze act and then do this. And then we're going to welcome anybody who's ever been to Alabama or, you know, or, or, or there, some churches are like, what, what is that for? Why, why are you doing We've got to come together and this is all going to happen. So it's just basically two things when we come together. It's worship and it's the word. We lift up and then we, and we listen up. And I prayed every service. I, I prayed it here just a minute ago. God, in this service... Jesus, we want you to be pleased and we want your people to be helped. And so every service and we're going to prepare and we work and our staff and our volunteers are passionate about this. And they're focused about this, that every service would come together, would glorify God and it would help people. And so that's worship. And I just want you to know that continues to be heartbeat of the vision. Secondly is grow. Everybody say grow. And this is where we've got a couple of new initiatives. I'm going to touch on these just real quick. And the brochure will outline these a little bit more. First of all, we're going to start a thing in January called Growth Track. Everybody say Growth Track. And this is one of the things that we've studied and observed and consulted on. And and it's just a wonderful thing. It's happening great in a a number of churches that we're related with. Growth Track is just a four-week thing. We're going to ask everybody to go through it. It's going to happen on Sunday afternoons. And... um, what you'll do is you'll go get lunch and then you'll come back and just, and, and if you're already, I'm already a member. No, no, no. We want everybody to come through because what it's going to do is put everybody on the same page. It's going to put everybody on the same page. And it's important as a family, as a church family, as we move forward, everybody's on the same page. So we know this, we know that, we know how that works. We know what, what we call that. We know what we believe on this and to go through this week one is called church. And, and week one, I'm going to teach that every month on, on that first Sunday afternoon. I'm going to teach that and we're going to talk about Meadowbrook and what we're about and what we believe and what's important to us and where we're going and what we call this and so forth. And then there'll be opportunity given at that point also for membership. The second week is, is called Essentials. And Essentials is to make sure that everybody, because we assume some things, is to make sure that everybody here has the keys and has the, the beliefs necessary to live a successful Christian life. You say, well, I already got all that down. Good. Come and be an encouragement to the other people in your class. Okay. And we'll get, we're going to get everybody through it. And we're going to keep this going just all the time. And then third week is called discovery. And there's some awesome ways that we're going to help you to discover some things about you, your personalities, your giftings, your bends, your talents, your purposes. And then how that relates to your life and fulfillment of your life and also your involvement in the kingdom. That'll be in week three. And then week four is called serve. And that's where then you get orientation or training or get introduced to something. So you can find a way now with what all you've discovered in week one through three, that now how can I take this and I can be an active part of the kingdom of God, be it in this house or out of this house and hopefully within this house. And so that'd be growth track. And we talk about, we talk about that in here. The second thing would be this groups. Everybody say groups. We kicked that off and kind of broke that open. And I, I'm going to tell you real quick that the old model of groups that, that I saw in my early years of, of church ministry, it just didn't work. It didn't end up with a good result. And then we have for a number of years been talking to, and then, and then in recent times gotten very close to some churches that are healthy, they're balanced, they're healthy and they're, and they're growing. 
and doing incredible things in their community. And one of the things, and, and I've, I've eyeballed some pastors and on the phone, I said, tell me the two things, tell me the two things that you say, no way would I ever take out of the church besides your main services. And it's some form of growth track. And the other is groups, groups, because real life change, real transformation happens in the context of relationships. You can come to a service like this, but you only know, you know, two, three people in your row, you know, and you're worried about the guy on your left. He's going to be going through your purse. And I mean, you know, this is not, this is not really the whole setting for that, but in groups, something happens. And, and men, men, over 800 men we were in groups this fall together. Did something happen? Did something happen in our relationships and connections with each other? And we're going to have groups, uh, growth track will start in January. Groups will start in March. And one of the reasons that groups start in March is because we got to get some people through growth track so they can find out, hey, I'd be a great group leader or whatever and, and, and get all that through. And so they will start in March. There'll be all kinds of group, curriculum-based, sermon-based, common interest groups, uh, need groups, special topic groups, all kinds of groups starting and stopping all different times so that there is a fit for somebody to be able to get into groups because of the the value of the groups. Let me keep going. And then serve. Everybody say serve. Serve. This is also in here. We serve basically in two ways. Number one, volunteering. And that is here in the church. And number two is outreach because our reputation in this community needs to be this, that we're here and we care. We're here and we care. A common question asked to pastors in some blogs I've been reading later is, if your church is no longer in the community, would they miss you? And I don't want our community, the only ones to miss us are the people who come here. It needs to be said of the people of God of Meadowbrook Church that they're here and they care. And and that doesn't mean that we go and initiate everything out there we would do. Sometimes it may mean that not just a need that we found, not just a project that we came up with, but maybe somebody else is doing something. Maybe another church, another organization is doing something and we can provide love and we can provide strength and resources and help them get this done. All of this runs on prayer. None of this will work without prayer. And I'm going to be introducing to you over the next few weeks. I'm going to be doing some teaching um, regarding prayer some new emphasis on prayer, a strategy for prayer that I believe God is unfolding for me because our future is paved in prayer. Two other very practical things. Um, Our building, you glad for our building? I'm thankful for our building. Our building from about right here, that way, is in February will be 17 years old. And y'all are sitting in the new part. And we added this on... Seven years, eight, it was seven last service. (laughs) Have I been talking that long? (laughs) Wow. Okay. But we've got on this end all the way down, we've got 17 year old building. Now we, we do excellence. Our, our facilities crew is phenomenal. I mean, you can't tell that's old new. Plus we kind of redid all that. Well, we've got, you know, some roofing issues and air conditioning issues and some things like that in this next year that we're going to take care of because we should. We've got some things on the front, how we present the building that needs to be taken care of. And, here, and a bigger thing on that is we have classrooms for our next generation ministries that need to be just top notch. They need to be awesome. 
when my family got saved and we went to a little church, they put us in this little room, the youth group. There's a little room with these folding great chairs. How many of y'all remember those chairs? And our feet didn't even reach the floor. And there's nothing about that room that said, welcome, young people. Jesus loves you. And one of the churches, one of the first churches that I worked at as a youth pastor, pastors walked me around as, after he hired me. And he goes, in this room right here, uh, Wednesday nights, that's where you're going to have your youth group. And let me just tell you something, though. Come Thursday morning, I don't want a clue, not a shred of evidence that any young people have been in this room. And I'm telling you what, our loyalty to the next generation needs to be awesome. And when it needs to be inviting. And we need to do a bang up job. I do not want to be outdone by Chuck E. Cheese, okay, regarding our kids. And I'm not talking about games and all that stuff. I'm talking about having some environments that are so inviting to our kids. And you say, well, I don't have kids. Shoo, all mine are grown. You're going to help us with all our kids, okay? Because this is family. We'll get all that done. Amen? And actually, actually, some of that work has already started this last week or so. The other thing, and I don't have time to talk about this a lot right now, but uh, we're praying and we believe we have the leading of the Lord that this next fall, fall of 2013, we're going to launch, and we've never done this before, we're going to launch the first satellite campus of Meadowbrook Church. And uh, we're not exactly sure where that's going to be yet. It'll be between here and the coast. Which coast? Don't know. And um, uh, it'll be a, a video venue. And we'll have live praise and worship and live children's ministry and live helps and all of those things. And uh, these are working well all over the place. And we're going to do it and we're going to do it right. We're going to do it right. And that's another reason why we need to get people through growth track and serving because we've got to raise up teams. We've got to raise up teams, uh, children's ministry and helps and worship teams and all of those things go together. That would be an exciting thing. You just commit that to prayer and we'll keep you posted as we go on that. Let me finish up with this. And I'm going to stay real close to my notes here and just wrap this up and we'll close in prayer. And I want to stay close to my notes because these words were very intentional for me. We're here on a mission. And the local church is God's plan A. And this world is not our home. Matter of fact, this is no place to be alone. This is no place to be on your own. In Matthew 16, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So probably the smartest thing you could do and the smartest place you could be is to be a part of something that hell cannot prevail against. That's the church. That's the family of God. And at Meadowbrook, we don't just believe. We belong. We're family. And as I look at the Meadowbrook family, I see a beautiful, multicultural, multi-generational, loving, generous family who loves all comers. Some of us are scarred, but we're not scared. We're not perfect, but we're making progress. We're in training and we're becoming more and more healthy. And we do see the day approaching. And we are going somewhere as a church. We're working hard together. We're serving joyfully together. We're praying fervently together. And we're making a difference together. When we have clear vision, then we can have focused faith. Focused faith is strong faith.
because it's persuaded. And I want to tell you something. I am persuaded that God is leading us and God will help us. And as we worship and as we grow and as we serve together, God will do great things and all the glory will be his. Amen. You get anything at all out of this today?